Let's take off. Bongani and Nala on Radio 2000. Hashtag 2 million gang gang. Hashtag the takeoff. Hashtag the best breakfast show in the country. Uh, so the KZN floods have left a lot of people without homes, without food, um, without shelter. Uh, some people have lost their cars. Um, and I went on the Facebook of the Gift of the Givers and they were saying people need s- simple things like hot meals, blankets, bottled water, sanitary pads, nappies. So people are going through a lot. And of course, uh, one of the NGOs that are doing great work out there um, is the Gift of the Givers. And we've got to Dr. Imtia Suleiman, who's the founder of Gift of the Givers on the line. Um, good morning, Dr. Suleiman. Welcome to the show. Uh, good morning to you. Thank you very much. Um, as, as people that have been on the ground, uh, you know, from day one, how can you describe the current situation right now um, in KZN? The current situation, the most frightening part of the current situation is that we're starting to realize how many people are missing. Yeah. You know, yes, people who you're worried people had passed on, they were washed away, but it's horrendous the amount of people that are missing, the amount of children that have been washed away, the amount of great kids, two-year-olds and, and younger um, are missing. And, you know, with each, for the last three days, it's, it's a nightmare thinking what parents are going through. And, it, it, you know, we, we didn't realize it was, it was this big the crisis in terms of, of, of loved ones being lost. Mm. A few days ago, you know, not a few days ago, whilst we were on, on the green distributions from Tuesday onwards, like the first person we met was the grannies, the people who, where the grandmother and three children passed away, that's the first spot we had been to. And ironically, we had been in that area a week before distributing food parcels to a poor area. And that granny was one of the recipients of the food parcel. And a week later, she was gone with three grandchildren. Yo, and then as we moved on, on to other areas, people said, you know what, there's somebody buried under this house. There's somebody missing from this house. There's a child missing from here. My grandfather is missing. My granny is missing. And then the, 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 the thing that did really upset some of my staff is when they were in Inanda, they were at the river's edge. They saw people sitting in the river's edge, and they asked them, but why are you sitting here? It's not safe. You know how many people have been affected by the floods? So they said, we're sitting here with the hope that the bodies of our families will get washed downstream and we'll find them. Sure, sure, and sure. We at that point, we realized, you know what, there's something far bigger here. And then we said, you know what, we need to bring search and recover teams. There's nothing to risk now, unfortunately. Um, and at the same time, the KZN government, provincial disaster, had started calling the other uh, provinces to assist. And Western Cape province then called us to say, look, we're coming can you guys join us? Mm. I said, yes, we're already putting a team together, and we're actually all working together. But when that happened, it, 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 because there's so many areas of destruction, where do you start? I mean, you mm. just can't start yeah. anywhere. So the best way to do was to ask the public, do you know who's missing and where? You know, and your son is affected, so it just makes life easier instead of digging, not knowing where to dig or where to search. Yeah. And the amount of messages that came through, I can't tell you. And those are the ones who know we collect information. What about the ones that don't know we collect information? I can tell you now, there's not 53 or 60 people missing. It's running to the hundreds. I mean, lots of people missing. Bridges have collapsed. Roads obviously have been washed away. So how do you and your team actually get around to communities that need? Well, Well, there's two or three areas that are not accessible by road. Mulvaney is one. The Thousand Valleys, you know, areas of Thousand Valleys too, and parts of Claremont in uh, in New Germany, those three areas have been affected where you can't really get in. You can't mm. take big trucks. You can't take middle-sized trucks. Sometimes you can do it with a bucky or a smaller load. So you can get into the other areas. On the first day, it was difficult. On Tuesday, when we went to Tonga, it took a long time to get there. It took an even longer time to get from Derby to Isatingo, which yeah. is normally 15 minutes. It took us two and a half hours, and eventually we couldn't get there because there was no road to get there to. 
So we gave it up and we went back to the north coast and went to Amshwaki. But, but that is a Thursday, as the water level started receding, and you could see the, you know, the infrastructure damage. It means, you know, you, you're playing ducking and diving around a hole on the edge sure. of the car road. The trees were starting to move out. The city was cleaning up. The debris was being moved away. So you, you find a way. The only problem is everybody is finding the same way. So instead of using parallel roads or alternative roads, everybody's going on the same road. But that also delays us. So whether we can, instead of yeah. doing 13 distributions a day, we can maybe only do six. Most of the time we're sitting on the road. Whether going in or coming out, we're stuck in traffic. So that takes a longer time. But in, uh, fortunately, the bridges all that have been damaged hasn't affected distribution. Okay. In terms of where sure. you can't get to, yesterday we made a special delivery. I spoke to the members of, of police and, you know, Pekisele and uh, Provincial Commissioner General Mkodazi. We arranged a helicopter to come from Virginia to Peter Marisburg to order the airport. Those are our warehouses are here. To save time of driving on the roads, and, you know, then takes too long to get back. Mm-hmm. They just sent a helicopter. We loaded the helicopter, and the stuff was taken to a thousand, ready a thousand hills. Those people have been cut off from Monday evening right up to today. You know, well, after this sure. evening. They've been completely cut off. No access, nothing going in, nothing going out. That same helicopters went there early uh, last week, and they managed to retrieve bodies and some injured people, but there's still bodies lying there. And, you know, the houses have been damaged. This is a, a, a severe one. The storm actually pushed the big boulders down the hill that smashed the people's houses. Yeah. It, was, it was so ferocious. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, most of the yeah. people yeah. I'm missing are from that area connected to in- Inanda and Mulvaney. Okay. And at the same time that we were flying stuff into the Thousand Hills for the helicopter, you know, at the same time they were flying stuff into Mulvaney. And mm. fortunately, yesterday, the people I was speaking on the ground, they internally, from inside, they had distractors, and they managed to clear some of the stuff. And they told me last night that one of the roads is open. We can now bring the trucks in. Okay. So the people have been, the communities, everybody has been trying their best to do what they can. But the emotional trauma with so many people missing. I mean, I got a picture of last night of a two-year-old child in Hillcrest. Now, in Hillcrest, we didn't know there was much damage. But a two-year-old child, and they said, we can't find the child. It's missing. And the seven-year-old was, was found hanging in the tree. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it's those kind of stories. And a guy tells you, I lost 10 family members. I lost nine family members. Sure. I lost six family members. It, it, it's a huge, huge crisis from an emotional point of view. Dr. Suleiman, the work you do is just so incredible. I mean, firstly, you know, they always say that people will only remember how you make them feel. And, you know, whenever there's a disaster anywhere in the world, and I hear that the gift of the givers is there, we find relief in that. So thank you, firstly. And then secondly, I mean, I know that your focus with the gift of the givers spans from hunger alleviation, disaster relief, water provision. How do you and your team then go back home and regroup? Like, how do you unsee all that you've seen, all this trauma that you experience all the time? My team, everybody normally asks that question. My teams are trained in emotional distancing. No, we are basically aliens. We, we, we <laughs> basically don't get attached to the situation, the situation. Sometimes some of my staff do, like the one got very uh, uh, upset when they saw the lady sitting on the edge of the river and, and about the ladies and said they waiting for the body. When you brought that message home to the office, it affected some of the other people. But then we debrief them, we speak, and, you know, we say we can't get attached to a situation or an individual or a person or a child or a mother or a father. We have compassion for the situation, but we don't have emotional attachment to anybody in the situation. And, you know, we train them to do that. And over the years, they've just been getting better at that. Locally, they that haven't had that much experience because they haven't come out with us. You know, it's, it's, it. South Africa hasn't had this kind of disaster before. It's something very, very new. You'll hear of a flood and one person or three person, you know, passed on. 
Not sure. We're going to pass 600, or even if not more than that. So, so obviously, um, I mean, we know that people can, you know, can still donate and we'll give away all of the details on people can donate. But when you look but, forward, right, when things yeah. start to settle down, how do we as cis communities that have lost everything get back on track? Because at some point, things are going to, I guess, settle down or it's going to stop raining. How do, how, is they, how do you assist the communities get back their lives? Because they've lost everything. I'm, I'm actually, I want them to start getting back from this week, to be honest, you know, because it's, it, it's not a life to living in a community hall. Yes, you know, people have shacks, but that shack is their private property. It's a serenity, it's their peace. We want to say, well, first of all, we don't want to go to the low-lying lands. The government has to make available lands to high up in consultation with the communities, which are not too far away from where they were originally. So they're not too far from their work. It's not too expensive to travel. So if they can find something on higher ground, which is better ground, we can start making building kits available, get the, the country to start supporting with building kits. The difficulty, and then, of course, they need a food parcel. And, and you know, people from informal settlements don't ask much. They're very content with little. We mm-hmm. give them the building kit, we give them a food pass or a hygiene pack. They say, thank you very much. We're back to the date how it was before the storm. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, 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 the loss of lives, the emotional challenges, the grieving, the closure, that's going to take a long time as it takes in every person who passes on, whether it's in a flood or a disaster or an accident or whatever. It'll be the same amount of grieving. It'll take time. Psychosocial processes are, are, will be required to help that. The other requirement will be for children who have lost their school bags, and the, you know the uniforms and, and, and stationery, they will need that replacement. We'll have to do that. And then some of the schools are damaged. We're looking at repairing some of the schools, which, are, which we, we can do quickly, because kids cannot lose teaching time. We've lost two years in COVID already. We just cannot go backwards anymore. And you know, and of course, authorities have got to fix the roads and everything. That, that's their department. That's their responsibility. The people that's going to have the biggest difficulty are those who have formal homes with brick and you know and, and cement. Yeah. They are not insured. The insured people houses will get paid out. The insured cars will get paid out. The uninsured cars and uninsured homes is going to be a big problem. The informal settlements will get sorted out too. People will support that. But very few people generally donate towards uninsured homes and cars. And hopefully those people can access funding from the billion men that the government is making available. I don't know where they're going to spend it on, but that they should have access to the funds. Mm. The other big challenge is, I mean, yesterday, whilst we were collect, collecting these messages, you know, of, of how many people are missing, and a few people said, you know what, if a whole family is gone, who pays for the funeral? You know, who from the community takes responsibility to pay for the funeral? Because and those of us have lost everything, and we lost two or three members. Who helps us for the funeral? Mm. I've seen the announcement from the government, from the premier, is saying they will take care of funerals. But, you know, how many funerals will be taken care of? It's, it's a lot of funerals. Sure. So that's another thing for dignity and the enclosure. You know, the public may have to support people. At getting the body is one thing, and then help them finish the job and get the funeral done. You know, that's another big area. Mm. And then another challenge that has come through is there are foreign nationals who've changed identity in South Africa. Yeah. And we're getting that kind of feedback to say they've also been washed away. And now families are calling from the other countries who have word or have got information that the person under the new name has passed on. But the person that's coming illegally, how do you sort out the person go out legally? Yeah. yeah Those are yeah. all challenges that are coming up now in the last three days. Dr. Imtiaz, we just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Suleiman. Really appreciate the work that you do. Um, we'll be tweeting um, the social media handles of people who want to go through and donate. But thank you so much. I will really appreciate the work that uh, Kivas is doing in KZN. Thank you. And thank you very much for your support from your station and from all of South Africa. We deeply appreciate it. The people in KZN really need all the support they can get. Thank you so much, Dr. Suleiman. Um, at Radio 2000 underscore ZA, we will tweet um, all of the details where you can go through if you want to assist the gift of the givers with anything.
Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. with Bongani and Nala. Let's take off.